thank you, thank you for your patience over the last few weeks with my voice. I'm, I'm starting to get it back, but man, this has been a, a journey. Um, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about, uh, we're in the series of the gift. Uh, just talking about Jesus as the gift of hope. And I was super excited, and I hope you walked away with a message that I really wanted to, to convey, convey to you. And I was thinking about the, the, the gift of hope in the Old Testament was wrapped up in a box. And that box represented Jesus, well, it really did, but it represented God's presence with us. That God would come and tabernacle among his people. And in that box represented uh, the, the bread of life, the hidden manna was in it, the, the law was inside the box, Aaron's rod, a dead stick that had sprung to life, and everything in that box representing in some manner the hope that would be found in Christ. But I was really excited when I was in Exodus chapter 30, and I was thinking about when they anointed the tabernacle and they brought the Ark of the Covenant. For the first time, they, they built the Ark of the Covenant, and they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. That's Exodus 30. And they came and they anointed the presence of God. He is among us. That was the hope of the Old Testament. Is that not crazy? And I know I'm stretching the analogy probably. But when I was thinking about when you pass a manger scene and you see two figures, Joseph and Mary, hovering over this child. And I was reminded of the Ark of the Covenant. Two figures overshadowing this mercy seat. God's presence with us. And Jesus representing the depth of that hope. And when they came, they were anointing him. As the holy of holies, God's presence with his people, the hope of, of everyone. This week, I want to talk about the gift of peace. Uh, this one means a great deal to me because I'm curious how many in this room right now could stop and really, if we were to evaluate ourselves, say, I am at peace. I have complete peace. Um, I'm not sure. That's so difficult. We live in a world right now where there's just not a lot of peace. We're, we're actually in a culture that I think doesn't even necessarily want to be at peace. Um, have you ever known people, maybe yourself, that you have something inside of you that maybe craves conflict? I've known people like that. In fact, I know a lot of people like that. Just say, man, if you're not at conflict about one thing, you'll, you'll search for the next thing to be in conflict about. I want to ask you, maybe, maybe like me, if I were to take away all the conflict that you've had in life, some of you have estranged family members, people in your life that you just could not resolve and you are not at peace. But even if those conflicts were settled... Even if there were not conflicts with your job, with your health, even then, would you be at peace? St. Augustine said one time, he was an early church father, he said this, um, the soul is restless until it finds rest in thee, O Lord. You will always be restless until you find rest in Christ. Um, this message is really important to me, and again, I don't have a very strong voice right now, but as we, sh we watch this video together, 
I really want you to think about. It's such a powerful parallel illustration of God and his children. Because just like you, um, there are people in my life that I, I have had unresolved conflict with. And that eats at me. But nothing eats at me more than when I've had unresolved conflict with God himself. And I felt like, God, I can't pray right now. I need peace with you. Let's watch this video together. It's been a while since we talked. That's the way it is with your kids, though, right? You never talk as much as you'd like. Used to. They'd hang on every word, every story, every joke, every little song. We had some times. Some amazing times. Then they got a little older. A little wiser is how one of them put it. You know, he said he knew he didn't know everything, but uh, he knew enough to know that my ways, my values, my philosophies on life were a little too... Well, basically they wanted their freedom. They're my kids. I gave them what they wanted. Uh, little by little, I watched them change. Push back against the things I taught them, lose heart. You know, they tried so, so hard to steer clear of me. I wanted nothing more than to have things right between us. So I kept doing things. Sent letters, called, left voicemail. I even sent messages through friends. Nothing. No response. Uh, whether it was that they thought the distance between us was too great or uh, they were ashamed. You know, it really doesn't matter. You know, when they were little, I used to tell them over and over again, I love you no matter what. Got to be a, a thing between us. I would say, I love you, and they'd finish it, no matter what. <laughs> they heard it so often that sometimes they just roll their eyes when I said it. But I, I wanted to make it so, so clear to them that there was nothing they could do to make me stop loving them. And that thing I said, it's never stopped being true. So I'm packing up and I'm going to them. Not bringing any presents. Just a gift to making things right. There's nothing that'll separate me from my kids. Not the past, not the future. Nothing. Nothing. I'm forgetting about all the stuff in the past. And the relationship we used to have. Well. We're going to have a new relationship.
After this trip, things will never be the same with us. That's a good thing. New beginnings. That's what I'm all about. That's my plan for this Christmas. A new beginning with my kids. What I love so much about that video, um, and I don't know who wrote the script for that video, but I think it was intentional. Every single line you just heard is a paraphrase of scripture. Every single line. And I was getting teared up when I watched it the first time because I could hear scripture. And everything he said is something that God had also said. That I am going to go to my children. I'm going to make peace with them. I'm going to reconcile with them. How about this? 21 Letters are written in the New Testament. 21. 17 of those letters open with this phrase. Grace and peace to you. Peace. You know, these were some of Jesus' last words. My dad shared from John 21 this morning. um, When he was in the garden with his disciples, he said, couldn't you stay awake with me? And he says it three times. Peter, you're going to deny me. How many times? Three times. When he comes and reinstates Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me? Three times. Do you know what happens in the middle of all of that? Jesus is raised, and he appears behind locked doors to his disciples And you know what he says three times? Peace. He comes behind clocked doors and he just says this. Peace with you. I bring peace. He says this in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. That's a powerful, powerful line. I don't give as the world gives. I don't want you to consider my peace like the peace that you experience in this world. I'm giving you a peace from something that is far beyond that. Because even if you're at peace with everything in life, with your health, with your wealth, with all of these things that people preach about, you're not at peace with death. You're not at peace with loss. You're not at peace until your soul finds rest in me. You're not at peace. That's the kind of peace that he came to bring. This is um, a super powerful scripture now to me. Uh, We talked about the kings that came to visit the baby Christ. And and this week I want to focus on the shepherds themselves. This is Luke chapter 2 beginning in verse 8. This is how the text reads. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. Now, I want you to really consider the sign. How about this? You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Uh, now, this, something hit me uh, when I was thinking about this sign. I was thinking, well, why is it odd that a baby would be wrapped in cloths? And some of your versions would say 
clothes. Some would say swaddling cloths. Um, there's different versions that say different things. And I, I was so intrigued by that this week. I was thinking, why, why would a baby being wrapped in cloths be part of a sign? That would be what you would expect. But the word that he uses and the phrase that he uses is actually, there's been a lot of debate and a lot of controversy. What does that mean? And even the term swaddling cloths doesn't mean today what it meant back then. Somehow it was part of the sign. And so I researched it a little bit as best as I could. And I found one other ancient source that predates this text. And the king wrote this. I was nursed with care in swaddling cloths. He uses the exact same word here. For no king has had a different beginning of existence. Whatever this was, it was part of a sign that was something how a king would be dressed or someone who was wealthy in authority. It was not maybe the humble uh, you know, thing that you might expect. But dressed as a king, at least that's, that's what I'm gathering from some of this, dressed as a king, lying in a feeding trough. It's crazy. This would be the sign. And these shepherds would come and they would say, well, that's different. That's beautiful. There's, there's a sign in this. And God is speaking to us through this. And the text goes on and he says this. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Um, that was the promise that in this child you would find peace. You would find rest. This is how Paul sings about it in his letters. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you were called to peace. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. He himself is our peace. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And then finally, I want to go back to what Jesus said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. You know, it's crazy to me. Last year I was thinking, I was so struck by communion. And I'm like many of you. I was raised going to church and taking communion and reading from 1 Corinthians 11 every Sunday of my life. I just knew that. And all of a sudden I realized there is so much I have not uncovered about the Lord's Supper. There's so much that I am learning about why and what did we just do and what does this just represent. And when I finally I realized for the first time I looked up and he said, he's talking about the body. He's talking about us. He's talking about recognizing and discerning his body. I'm getting this now. So much of that applies to Christmas. Every year of my life, I've been excited about my presence. I peaked most years. 
One year, and this is a public confession. I don't even know my parents know about this. Y'all protect me. <laughs> my uncle sent me an awesome styrofoam airplane. It was a big airplane. It was really cool. Do y'all remember it? Y'all probably don't remember it. They sent me this really cool airplane. We got it two weeks before Christmas. I unwrapped it, played with it, broke it, rewrapped it. On Christmas, I was upset that it was broken. <laughs> Did y'all know that story? Sorry. <laughs> Man, I had an issue. That was Christmas to me, right? And uh, yeah, I'm that way. I'm still that way. Um, but so much of it, you know, you think about this scene, this image. You think about the Christmas songs that you sing. All of this that you've been familiar with all of your life. The scene of three wise men coming with their gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We debate about the number and all this stuff. The shepherds, the scene that takes place in a manger. Was it a barn? Was it a cave? All of these discussions we've had for years and years and years. But the mystery and the depth of a baby lying in a feeding trough, we have yet to uncover. The depth of what happened right there. And the town of Bethlehem, the name means house of bread. In the town of Bethlehem, the greatest mystery to strike this planet occurred. And God is drawing us all to that place. And saying, I want to give you something. I'm giving the world something. A gift that you can't fathom. A hope that you did not think was possible. A peace that Paul describes as unfathomable. You cannot possibly understand the gift that I want to give you. You can't peek. You can't possibly understand the depth of what I'm going to give you. And the gift is still there for us today. I got an email. I've been praying all week about this email every single day. A young lady that, um, and, and this is just one of many. I've talked to some of you and you've been there. This is where life has led me. There's so many times in my life where I felt close to God. I felt strong. I felt, I felt alive in my spirit. But right now, I just don't feel it anymore. This is where life has led me and I have no peace and I feel like the truth has been revealed. I don't know that God cares about me at all. I don't know that he even knows I exist. And I, and I thought about it so much. I've been praying about it. And I realized that life is so much like reading a novel. Can you imagine reading a novel but you don't know where the end is? I'm not like some of you. My wife can pick up a novel and it's done in a weekend. If I pick up a novel, you need to give me about seven years of, of free time that I find that I'm going to go back to it. I don't read novels. But can you imagine? But part of my joy as somebody who doesn't read well and some, is I know where the end of the book is. And you kind of know you're following the story. Life isn't that way, is it? It's like you're reading a novel, but you don't know where the end is. And you always think, am I in the last chapter? And I told this young lady, I said, here's the beauty. As I pray that the chapter you're passing through will close. And that God will bring you into a new chapter. But don't think that where you've been brought now is the end. Because God has a powerful ending to your story. That he wants to bring. And it is victory. It is hope.
It is peace. And no matter what you have encountered in this life or what you are passing through now, in a feeding trough in Bethlehem, in the most crazy circumstances, this baby is dressed as a king. And he's the hope of the world. But more importantly than that, he's the hope for you. He is the peace that God intends to bring you. And I pray, I want to just close in a prayer for you and your family. But I pray that you would come to know this peace. This is part of the prayer that Paul offers for the Colossian church. I pray that you would come to know that peace. The kind of peace that no matter what strikes your life, you know, I found everything in Jesus. Uh, Father, I just want to come before you this morning. And through the weakness of, of my voice, and more importantly, the weakness of, of, of the rapping and the presentation, I, I pray, God, that uh, for your people today, that every one of us would know and come to know the depth of the mystery of who Jesus came to be, not 2,000 years ago, but today in lives. Uh, that it's not a cute story. It's full of the depth, the riches that no story has ever known. And I pray, God, that uh, for our families, for our hearts, and for the lives that are in this room, if there are those that need to find peace with you, to be reconciled to you. To be reconciled, uh, to not just have the peace with you, but the peace that flows through us because of you. I pray that blessing over your people today and over the hearts that are in this room that needed to hear that from you. It's in the name of Christ we come before you. Amen. Let's worship our God together.